After doing their time in the Israeli Defense Force, three former soldiers knew that militaries could spy on people's phones. So they brought this to the private sector and built NSO, a company selling spyware called Pegasus. They essentially democratized spying. The big countries with famous security services like Russia and China, presumably they were able to read people's phones. But suddenly there was software that Hungary or Nigeria could buy and use to spy on their citizens. And that's exactly what they did. Soon, we learned that two EU member states known for their autocratic drift Hungary and Poland were regularly spying on politically active citizens, journalists, and political opponents, any critical voices they don't like, violating their fundamental freedoms. Even in Greece, the EPP conservative government used their security services to use software like this to spy on journalists and the opposition, citing national security as a justification. One and a half year ago, the European Parliament set up a committee of inquiry, the PEGA Committee, to investigate this affront to democracy. The committee just issued a report asking for pan-European legislation to regulate such intrusive surveillance software and protect innocent citizens from abusive governments. Welcome back to Take a Left, the podcast of the Socialists and Democrats in the European Parliament. We're here with Hannes Heider, our lead on this file, and Vice President Katarina Barley. The podcast is now on video, so if you're listening on Spotify or similar, feel free to check us out on YouTube. Hannes, if you have nothing to hide, why do you object to the government reading your messages? Um, would you go naked through the streets? Maybe voluntarily, but <laughs> if you are forced to, then you don't want to. And of course, uh, we have uh, privacy and there are things uh, we don't want uh, that other people know about us. And when I go into school classes and have a discussion and I introduce myself and I tell them I'm a member of a PEGA committee and I tell them what it is about and about this uh, surveillance spyware, then they are afraid. Yeah. Uh, they do not like the um, feeling to be permanently observed. And so there is also a fear. And of course, we have uh, rights not to be spied on or completely uh, everybody knows completely what we are doing or go uh, going to do. Um, what's so shocking for us about this particular spying? What's what's different to this? Well, a lot of people don't really um, know the dimension of this of this software. It is literally as if someone had your mobile in their hands. They can not only read everything, see everything, hear everything. They can also manipulate. Um, we have had one yeah. case. In Poland, where um, where a politician found his private chat messages on uh, on the TV, but manipulated, so even changed, so so there is no limit actually. Over the course of the committee's work, we found lots of people being spied on. Like, what what was some of the more shocking cases? What you know, what was the most stuff that was most arresting to you? Actually, it's all, it's all shocking. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the people who have been t attacked with this spyware, it's, it's we met um, a prosecutor, we met a, a politician, we met trade unionists, we met, of course, a lot of journalists, um, people who, who didn't do anything wrong, nothing. Mm. They just, on the contrary, they actually pursued what they had to do for example, the, the prosecutor was very active investigating on corruption issues. And then she found out six months after it started that she had been spied on for, for six long months. Mm. And then you, you think back, what did I do in these six months? And it's not only you, it's your whole surroundings, it's your family, it's, it's your friends, it's your colleagues that you talk to. Because 
I mean, you and I, we have our, our mobiles now in our pockets or, or lying on the table. So, so it's everything you do. I mean, some people go to the bathroom with their, yeah. with their mobile phone um, or you have it as your, as your alarm clock. You have it yeah. next to your bed. Just think about this. It's absolutely shocking. And that, that countries, member states of the European Union um, attack their own citizens or others with this sort of spy where without any them having done anything wrong, this is just a nightmare for every Democrat. Talking about um, countries using Pegasus against their own citizens, even with even within the EU, like um, it's shocking that Poland and Hungary presumably have done that, um, but also not completely surprising. But then we found out that in Greece, um, our former uh, colleague, uh, Nikos Andrulakis, the, the leader of, of uh, PASOK, had been spied on as well as the far left. Was, was that a shock to you? It was a shock to, to see what's going on in Greece. It's not only this, and um, it, it, it is part of a bigger picture. In, in Greece, you have um, a massive backslide in uh, media freedom. Um, we have seen the murder of a journalist two years ago, mm -hmm. which has practically not been investigated until you know now there is public attention on it, and now they start, but for two years nothing happened. And we see the EPP, who usually in cases like this is up in arms and, and defending uh, media freedom. We've seen murders of journalists also in, in two other countries, well, three by, by now, but it was Malta and Slovakia. And there they were, you know, we have to do something. And But Greece, total silence. It's an EPP government, and then all of a sudden, nothing going on. So, so the... the situation of, of democracy and rule of law is has become worrying in, in in Greece and then this Pegasus scandal you know gives a new dimension to it then the EU Parliament set up this committee of inquiry and, and one of the first actions you did was, was was go to Israel what did you find there I was uh, surprised because uh, I went there and I thought uh, it's widely seen as a business model mm -hmm. Um, when you talk to, to, to the people there and not only to representatives of the state of Israel or the producer, the distributors of uh, spyware, um, when you talk to people from the fr to journalists, uh, representatives of civil society, they see it as a tool for security. Most say a weapon. Mm -hmm. Surveillance spyware is a weapon, but it's a weapon that should be used for security reasons and for security reasons only. And this is an approach I share because uh, I also am aware that uh, to fight international terrorism, to fight uh, organized crime or to fight child abuse, uh, then it should be or should be the possibility to be used by the state, mm -hmm. but under a very strict legal framework. Poland and Hungary using spyware was, was shocking, uh, but also perhaps not so surprising. And then we saw that Greece was spying on uh, the former S&D MEP, Nikos Androulakis. It's a shock how easily some countries, some governments use this surveillance spyware. And uh, um, I'm also surprised uh, how they are arguing and how easygoing it is for them. And I do not see any, any privacy of citizens. I do not see... Um, a working of the rule of law in countries like this with the approach they have and um, 
Poland and Hungary, some representatives, also some colleagues here in, in the beggar from the ruling parties also told, why are you afraid of being spied? Yeah. And I find it funny because one of, of them um, was using this argument to say, uh, if you don't do anything, then you have not, have not could we be afraid. And when we were talking uh, with the people here in the parliament that mm -hmm. uh, um, scan your mobile phone, they asked the question, what happens to my data? Yeah. So you see, it's not, uh, there's one a narrative from, uh, official narrative from the government, but there is the feeling from people, from citizens to be safe and secure. What about Austria? It's mentioned in the report and it was embarrassing for Sebastian Kurz. Uh, for me, it was very surprising because I thought I'm going into this beggar committee, uh, an investigating committee, and there wouldn't be no relation to Austria. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were rumors when we were in Israel that uh, Shalef Julio, the CEO of NSO, has contact to former Austrian uh, Bundeskanzler Sebastian Kurz. He denied. And soon after, um, it was announced that Sebastian Kurz is uh, founding a company um, on uh, security of critical infrastructure together with Charles Julio and they talked about it since the beginning of the year, right. so for a long time. And he's also working for Peter Thiel, who is uh, responsible for Palantir, also for surveillance in the United States. So there was a connect, uh, connect uh, between these. And I was also surprised that there is a company in Austria that was producing and distributing spyware, which is not longer doing. And these, these two uh, complete separate uh, stories were in the report. And Sebastian uh, Kurz defended himself that he said, I never had anything to do with this company. And the report doesn't say he has, he has had to do with it, but he was using it as an excuse and telling people in his tweets uh, that it is a false accusation and it's not true. And, of course, the former darling of the EPP, uh, Sebastian Kurz, who thought he was going to be going further. But Yeah, uh, it shows that there are problems for some darlings, because also Mitsutakis uh, is, is uh, strongly involved in uh, such a scandal in Predatorgate, and it's uh, absolutely not acceptable that a member of European Parliament, uh, an opposition uh, politician, is spied on by spyware only to get information for the ruling for the governing party. It's also a concern about how we can have free and fair elections if you can just find out what the campaign manager of your opponent is doing. Um, I wanted to ask about the conclusions of the committee. After 14 months of, of work, of hearings, of speaking with legal experts, journalists, people who were spied on, what what did what did the committee find, and and should the EU ban software like uh, Peg Predator or Pegasus? So there were discussions about the ban. There were discussions about the moratorium, and a kind of moratorium uh, is proposed in is recommended in in the report. But what surprised us, and what surprised I'm sure all uh, that followed the work of the committee, is the dimension of use of spyware in European member states. Um, it reached into so many sectors of our public life, uh, opposition, uh, politicians, civil society, uh, NGOs, um, representatives of the law system, and uh, it's absolutely unacceptable how widely it was used. And uh, often it is an excuse on national security, mm -hmm. but you have to have an independent uh, judicial body that uh, allows the use and uh, what I have already said, there are of course uh, 
some uh, parts in 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 uh, our our life where it should be used, and it's the fight against terrorism, against organized crime, and uh, for safety and security of children, and to fight child abuse. So this is acceptable, but it needs a legal framework, and the legal framework is very different, and it should not be possible anymore to hide behind uh, national security. Are you optimistic that, that that will change? You know, we're here in the House of, of European Democracy politely asking for this. Be sure that there is a change because mm -hmm. there is a wide interest. Uh, and if you talk about the surveillance by where the reaction of the people is, it could happen to me. Mm -hmm. And it's for the safety and security of uh, European citizen that we have a legal framework that is uh, the same and it's within the rule of law and it is within uh, European values. And mm -hmm. that is what we, as socialists and Democrats, want to guarantee our citizens in the European Union. People should be allowed to be, to be free to live their lives, I guess. I'd just like to ask, do you think you're sure they're not spying on you? You have your phone on you now? I, I have my phone checked quite regularly. Yeah. We have the possibility to have it checked here in the Parliament. And every time I go to critical countries, when I come back, I, I have it checked. And like every, I don't know, three months or so, I do, because yeah. I'm not sure. And I, I try for a lot of reasons not to have my phone always with me and not to, you know. Yeah. Because we all have become junkies, more or less. And looking at my children, I sometimes think it's such a waste of time, most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so... So, yes, but I do it myself and I try to do it less. So I'll just leave it aside, stupid thing. Yeah, okay, well, that's one solution. <laughs> <laughs> Katerina, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome, thank you. Thank you. Hannes, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs>